Connected, a podcast for people trying to cultivate joy, purpose, and community in their lives. I'm Catherine. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to be talking about making friends, but first let's check in about how it's going. What are your highs and lows right now, Catherine? My high is that I just had a really soul-filling weekend. We had our first Girl Scout troop meeting, and it was like focused on nature art making. And so the girls walked around and collected art, nature things, and made nature crafts with them, which I just feel like I'm... I'm not always slowing down enough to do with my girls. And so I really enjoyed that experience and doing that together. And then a friend and I took Sugi and her son to Tulsa for a weekend. And it included going to Disney on ice, which I'm normally not like super big Disney fan, but I was like, A, the joy on all the children's faces was incredible. And then B, the actual like ice skating and like acrobatics was actually very impressive. Like there were very talented people doing this performance. And so I really enjoyed that. How did Sydney feel about the separation? Nithin took her camping, which she also really enjoyed. But she did ask for us apparently every three minutes. Oh. But it's good for her to know that we're coming back and to get to experience the reunion. So Yeah, and that separate time is so valuable too to just get that experience with our children one-on-one. It was really fun. And then my low is I feel like parenting has been a little better. Like some other things have been better, but then I think that it's like, right, it's hard to have all the things at one time. And I've just been feeling physically kind of sluggish. I had some late nights last week. And then ate a lot of heavy foods with traveling over the weekend. And so I'm just feeling a little out of balance um, in terms of my physical health. But overall, pretty good. Good. What are your highs and lows right now, Sarah? I'm going to start with my low. My low is that I've been feeling a lot of stress this past week. And I was kind of reflecting on what was causing it. And I think it's because I really like to be active and engaged. So I fill up my life to the very top of what I can fit and what it can handle. But then there's literally no room for anything unexpected. So for example, I signed up for the GRE knowing that I would have to use a lot of my free time to study. And I was okay with that. And I even had a whole conversation with my leadership coach about like whether I should take that on. And she said, you know, as long as it doesn't crowd out these other priorities that you have, like, yes, you can, it makes sense to say yes to it. So we had a really thoughtful and intentional conversation, but I didn't kind of account for the unexpected things that would start happening on our rental properties. And it all kind of happened at once Mm -hmm. that we had to rent out our property that we weren't expecting to rent out, like screening tenants from afar and listing the property and Also, there were like plumbing issues and AC issues and whatever else Mm -hmm. issues. And then I was also researching grad school programs and actually had a conversation with a professor at a grad school. So I was just up super late the night before, like, okay, let me make sure I've read every single thing on this school's website so I'm not asking redundant questions. So that was my low and my high is connected to that, which is I feel like I finally wrangled it all back into place by really analyzing my to-do list and crossing off things that just didn't need to be on the list right now 
Like I realized that I didn't need to start talking with professors, even though this opportunity mm. came up with an introduction from my friend. I just shouldn't have scheduled it for that while, while I'm in this period of trying to study for the GRE. And once I take the GRE, which is only a week away, then I have a period of time to research graduate schools and fill out the application, but kind of separating things and taking them on as I need to. And then I also asked Matt for extra help and asked him to take over my 50% of bedtime routine help for the last week before the GRE, just so that I could have some concentrated study time each night. So it's, it's, it's gotten back into place, which felt good. Oh, that's great. I feel like there's a lot of wisdom in that process. Now let's talk about today's topic. Make new friends, but keep the olds. Is that like a brownie song and a Girl Scout song that you all still sing? It sure is. (laughs) So the research shows that having community and connection in our lives is one of the most important things. It's not only connected to our physical well-being and our longevity, but it's also connected to our happiness and our mental health. And yet I personally find that making and maintaining solid friendships is no easy task, especially the older that I get and the more people I bring into my circle of needing to be friends. Like before it was just me who needed to like people and then it was my husband and myself who needed to like people and now it's my husband and my kids and myself. So there's just a lot of criteria that goes into finding good friends, I think. So I would love to devote some time today just talking about this important topic and talking about our strategies. So Catherine, can you start by answering this question? How hard do you think it is to make new friends in your current stage of life from one to 10 with 10 being the hardest? This was really interesting to think about because I think I had a hard time differentiating like what kind of friends we're talking about, right? I know we had an episode, I think last year, which we might be able to link to that had the sort of concentric circles of like how, how much in your inner world are different friends. And so for me, it feels much easier to make sort of an outer circle friend that somebody that's more of a casual acquaintance, maybe sometimes somebody you intentionally get together with sometimes, but isn't somebody you're like, sharing intimate details of your life with than it is to like, I think the the part about maintaining and like also like bringing them closer into the circle and figuring out who you want in there is much harder. So overall, I'm giving it a five. I feel fortunate that there are a lot of people in similar seasons of life to us just in the circles that we move in at school and at church and at Girl Scouts. So I think it's easier to meet people that are more like we're gonna have a play date at a park type of friends but if it gets to that sort of other category of like people with whom I might want to have a deeper friendship I find that process much harder it's so interesting to hear you name like three different sort of existing institutions that you're part of and how membership in those institutions makes it so much easier to make friends like your school girl scout troop and your church like those are sort of i mean aside from school the the other two are really intentionally focused on community and bringing people together so people who want to join those activities are much more likely to be open to wanting to connect and i think that for people who don't have 
membership in those institutions, like myself, like I think it's important to seek that out as a potential pathway for making more connections. And do you find, like this is, I was talking to my friend Sarah Copper from the Friendlier podcast, whom you know from college, about her theory, which is like you can go to any city anywhere and find your people. Like do you feel like the people who are in in those broader circles like are the same kinds of people? I don't know if you can say this on air, but are they the same kinds of people that you want to bring in close or are they sort of more like great for that casual connection but not really kind of kindred spirits? That's a really interesting question and one I've thought about a lot. I feel like with school, they're definitely not necessarily kindred spirits because we go to our local public elementary school, which is like by zone, by school zone. So it's people that live in close proximity to us, which is really helpful for like park play dates um, to be able to meet up. But sometimes with the parents, it's like, okay, if like we're literally like three conversations, three sentences in and I can tell that like, very different politics, very different, you know, like they're talking about sports and I know nothing about sports. Like it's just hard to connect. And I think, you know, it's it's healthy for us to have people that have differing opinions that are in those layers of friendship just so that we can hear those opinions and know what's happening with the Arkansas Razorbacks. But those aren't necessarily the people that I want on the innermost circle. So I think definitely with school the answer is not necessarily although we have met some families that we really adore through school as well but with church since i go to a really progressive church that has very similar ideology to me and with girl scouts because i'm pretty intentional about in marketing my girl scout troop as being one that focuses on certain things one of which is like cultural awareness i think that has that has kept a few families from joining that you know, maybe would have not found, you know, going to the Native American History Museum to talk about the people's history of the United States and an alternative Thanksgiving story to what they're learning at school, mm-hmm. something that they want to expose their six-year-old to, but that is like a, a part of our troop. And so I think that my the intentionality on my part of like kind of defining some of the yeah. focus of the troop has sort of narrowed probably who participates for better or for worse. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to be intentional about sort of putting out some core ideology or core philosophy that helps differentiate kindred spirits. One of my biggest fears, because my family right now as we travel around the world is we're, of course, like wondering, like, do we settle back into Austin? I mean, we we think we're settling back into Austin. We have our house in Austin. We're planning to go back by July 15th. But we still have this underlying question of like, is that really where we want to settle for the second half of our family's life together? And I'm just so terrified because I have kindred spirits in Austin and I'm so terrified to move away from them because there really is such a big difference between casual connections that are fulfilling and fun and bring me joy versus like the people who really help me feel seen and who push me and who inspire me 
And just like, it's so hard when you have this bird in the hand to let that go and, you know, chase something that is hopefully even better or equal to and just not knowing. It's so risky. I think it also takes time. So to answer your sort of bigger question, I do think that you can find people anywhere. Like, I, I do believe that. But I do think that process of like, kind of bringing people into the outer circle and then you kind of take a step closer together and then you kind of see, you know, at some point it just isn't mutually beneficial to keep going with that, which is fine. But it, it, but also that process does, I mean, I don't know, in my experience, it takes some time to build the depth of relationship just because you have to have a certain number of shared experiences and conversations and getting to know each other opportunities to really feel truly seen by another person. Yeah, I'm about to talk about that as I try to build community really fast in these temporary locations. Okay, Sarah, what about you? How hard do you find it to make new friends in your current stage of life, which is one that's super in flux on a scale of one to 10? My Reiki healer the other day, she said, when I got to your feet, I actually had to open my eyes because I just could not perceive that your feet were actually there. And it was so weird. She's like, so you might be feeling groundless and like you're not grounded. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. I'm traveling around. Um, So since arriving in Hawaii, I would put this number at a one because I have just found it to be so easy to make friends. And I can't tell if it's because we already had a head start because we had a pair of gregarious friends here before moving and they helped integrate us into their community, their existing community, or if just like the aloha spirit and culture of Hawaii just makes it easier because people are more open, or if I have just gotten so much better at putting myself out there very urgently. And I don't normally... I don't normally act so aggressively when I'm trying to make friends back at home in Austin, but I've been very, very, uh, I, I mean, I think aggressive is, though I've been kind of a pit bull about like meeting people, making friends and staying connected with them. So I'm, I'm guessing it's a mixture of all of these things. I mean, it's great that you've been able to do that for the circumstance you're in, but it's also like, it makes me wonder just... I don't know what the or, there's like a bit of an organic process that also happens sometimes that you're you're sort of speeding through so I don't know but I think that's great for your circumstance you've been able to do that well and it's going to be fascinating to see if we actually replicate this in if we're able to replicate this in New Zealand but the variables are all going to change oh yeah so <laughs> I we won't have my gregarious friends and there isn't the same aloha culture So the only thing that will be the same is my doggedness with trying to make connections. So we'll have to see how it plays out. Well, you'll find out what what factors are most important. Now for our next question. When was the last time you made a new friend and how did you go about it? So I kind of feel weird about this in case she ever listens to this podcast, but here we are. Over the summer, I was on a trip with a group of friends and... I was talking some about the adoption trauma work that we've been doing with Sydney and also about my interest in spiritual direction. And one of the friends I was with was like, oh, you should meet this mutual friend of mine because I think you would have a lot in common. She's just recently moved to the area. And so 
I set up a time to get lunch with her and it took like a couple of weeks for our schedules to align. But then we had like a two hour long lunch with like really great, like immediately pretty deep conversation. And then she invited me to join a sort of study group that she's doing once a month on the divine feminine, the idea of like the feminine nature of God through different traditions. And so I've gone to that now. And then we've had some other conversations since then. But I just feel like that, I don't know, that seems like the most recent like possible closer friend that isn't just like somebody I'm going to see in passing necessarily because I think we've already had from from the inception, just since it was like an introduction of somebody who knows us both well, um, the opportunity to like kind of connect around shared interests. So maybe that's like another way in addition to adjoining groups that have sort of a shared defined interest being connected through mutual friends is sometimes how I feel like I meet people that are kindred spirits. I love the parallels to dating and how that like blind date with a like a mutual friend setting you up. And I just think about how key it is that you made the effort to reach out to a, like a, at that point a relatively random person to you and just like pursued that recommendation from your friend because it would be so easy for a friend to say that and for someone to say like, "Oh yeah, that would be fun" and then just to forget about it. So like that I think that like that doggedness is really, in my mind, one of the key pieces of trying to make friends when you're older. Yeah, you do definitely have to put yourself out there. I agree with that. What about you, Sarah? When's the last time you made a new friend and how? I made a friend last weekend. Uh, Henry really wanted to spend more time with one of his friends from school who had promised to teach him how to surf. And so uh, I feel like I've been kind of like Henry's wing person on this trip. Like we'll be in a space and he'll just point to a mom. And that's the indication that he wants me to exchange phone numbers with that mom. So I just went up to her and I said, oh, I heard our our children are becoming friends at school. May I have your phone number? Uh, Which is random and not something I would normally do back at home. But I'm putting myself out there. So then I texted her the following weekend and asked her if we could meet up at the beach. But then it got really complicated and she explained that she and her daughter's father are actually divorced and the daughter lives with the father on the weekends. But then it actually like worked out because he lives 15 minutes away from us, whereas the mom lives an hour away from us. So it was perfect. So then I just asked the mom, but then I had to ask her for his phone number. And then I'm like randomly texting some dad that I've never met and asking him if we could meet up at the beach. And it turns out that he lives in the neighborhood where we put an offer on a house. And it's the beach that we go to multiple times a week. So it was all the stars were really aligning. Um, So we made a plan. He let us park in front of his house. And then uh, he was already, they were already at the beach. So we just walked from our car to meet them at the beach. And then that was like a really awkward situation because they were already out surfing. 
And so the daughter was out surfing and like I had never seen the dad in my life. So then I just like kept texting him like these super lame messages like, I'm the one wearing a straw hat and a blue and white striped dress. And then like nothing happened. And so then I had to like text him and say like, now I'm in my bathing suit and I'm headed to the river and my bathing suit is also blue and white striped because like I clearly wear a lot of stripes in my life. So (laughs) he finally like found me at the beach and then the situation kind of got even more confusing because then there were these two other women who were hanging around and there was like a six-year-old boy. And I've already like made this mistake where I've been in a similar situation at the beach where I like ask a woman like, oh, are you like with that guy? And then the woman was like, no, I am not with that guy. And I was like, oh, okay, sensitive subject. So I didn't want to like put my foot in my mouth again, but I like did sort of ask one of the women like, oh, are you married to this guy? And then she explained that they used to be married, but now they aren't but they still spend a lot of time together to co-parent their children. So I ended up talking to her a lot, and she's a doctor in Hilo, and uh, her six-year-old son, who is the half-brother of the daughter that Henry likes, is just a really sweet kid. So they ended up inviting us back to her house, which was actually not the dad's house, but it's her house, and then we went swimming in their pool, and she set out this, like, delicious lunch for us to eat and I got to meet her mom her elderly mom lives with her and so like that was a super sweet conversation and then I made sure to ask for her phone number before the mom's phone number before we left and then since then we've just been texting each other regularly because our our families just really enjoy hanging out with each other and so like they came and did stuff with us in Hilo and then we go and do stuff with them Um, so I would say that is that's my my most recent friend, and it's been fun that there's such alignment between me liking talking to her and my kids enjoying playing with her kids. And especially when you have two kids and they have two kids, like you have no idea if the kids are going to get along or if they're only going to like one of the kids, but they like all of the kids. So it's been fun. Oh, that's awesome. And that's like a really great story and that's like a lot of people that were potentially going to be friends and then it got to the last one and it was a good fit yeah it's so a lot of rabbit holing no that's I mean I'm very um appreciative of all the work that you're doing to make sure that your kids have sort of peer experiences on this trip it's exhausting though like I'm realizing just like how because it, it's it was already exa- it's already exhausting like picking the locations and then picking activities, researching activities within a location and then staying within budget, but then like trying to navigate and negotiate like building sufficient connection within a given place. I'm like, whew, that is a lot. Um, and it's not it's not overwhelming, but it does definitely requires like an intentionality around like resting and honoring the fact that it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's something I think too that I wouldn't have thought of when you were like embarking on this journey. So yeah, me too. And I constantly have to remind Matt, like, please, like when he complains that I don't do enough dishes, I'm like, please understand that I am working full time. 
I'm trying to help you with homeschooling. I'm still doing like half of the bedtime routine and I'm carrying like the emotional mental load for our family, which I already carried. And now the load is so much heavier than it ever was back at home. Um, So it's a conversation we have often. All right. What are your top three pieces of advice for making new friends? So one, this is very like Enneagram 5-ish, but being very clear on what you want from your friendships and what might be missing from your current life picture, both in terms of what you need and what you have to offer others. Because I think, I mean, I just, I'm like sort of fiercely, I always sort of like, I'm really trying to guard my sort of like energy bank. And I don't want to get, because I don't want to get stretched too thin. But I think it's just important to sort of like recognize that you can have friends with a bunch of different close friends that also sort of serve different functions. Like there might be a friend that you enjoy going to do certain, some kind of like shared fun activity with. And then there might be a different friend that you really like to talk about like parenting with. And so it doesn't, it's not like they all have to have the same hat, the close people, but I think just sort of thinking through what might be missing or what um, sort of what you want is important. So that's my first one. My second one is, I mean, I think just kind of the dogness you've been talking about, being willing to introduce yourself to people and invite them to get together. I used to just like always invite people, like the whole family over to our house when I saw some, when I had like a couple of interactions with somebody I was interested in getting to know better. I think I've shifted a little bit to doing more just like one-on-one meals and coffees with the mom because I often find that that sort of one-on-one time sort of fills me up. And maybe my kids aren't quite old enough yet to have opinions about like which kids they enjoy playing with. They're like really excited anytime we get together with any kids for the most part still. And then my third one is to being open to starting something like Girl Scouts or to joining something like a book club, or I was recently talking to somebody who's been taking a pottery class just for fun to get to know people that you think might have either aligned interests or shared values with through the the sort of shared organization. I love those. What about you, Sarah? I'll start with the two strategies that have helped me the most while traveling. Like the first one is getting a phone number like the first time I interact with a person like no matter how Mm -hmm. weird it feels because I remember even back in Austin I saw this group at the park and I was too intimidated to go up to them and say like oh is this a homeschool group or a church group or a school group or I just was too intimidated to even talk to them And then the same thing happened to me in Hilo. I saw this incredible, what seemed like from the outside as I was eavesdropping on their conversations, incredible group of families in Hilo at our favorite beach. And I wanted to like go up and talk to them and say like, oh, what kind of group is this? And I just, I was too intimidated. And, And in both cases, I thought, well, if I keep showing up at this spot, they will surely come back to this same spot, but the likelihood that we're going to be at the same spot at the same time is low, even in the moment when I'm trying to convince myself that it's going to work out. It doesn't work out. So I've just been trying to get much more aggressive. Like if there's even a spark of something, just going ahead and getting their phone number 
so I can then reach out like you're saying and like invite them to do something to kind of explore whether there is a connection or not. And then the second thing I've been doing on these trips, which I never do in my real life, is join Facebook groups. The groups have been helping me so much in Hilo, Mm -hmm. like mainly homeschool groups. I've also been joining groups that just talk about things that are happening in Hilo. So I find different events and different camps and things. So the Facebook groups have been instrumental for me, especially because I don't have a church group or a Girl Scout group or I guess we have a school group now, but we didn't have a school group in the beginning. So it's been a great way to kind of get groups pretty fast and to kind of have a a low requirement for entry because I can just observe the other people interacting and then kind of see, well, does anyone, do any of these particular people sound interesting or is there something that the group is doing that I can go to? So that's been really helpful. Back in Austin, my number one way of making friends was my Saturday suppers. I did these once a month and it was really just an open invitation and it was just so casual and it was always a potluck. So I never had to worry about, well, how many people are coming or not coming because the food just expanded as the number of people expanded. And I would just, you know, if I came across someone that I thought might be cool, I would just say, oh, hey, do you want to come? Like, here's an invitation to my Saturday supper. You know, lots of people don't know each other. It's very casual. And then people would come and, you know, I would have different experiences. Like some, I would always make sure to try to talk to them. And if it felt like we clicked, like then I would try to invite them to something more intimate or invite them to the next Saturday supper. Um, But it was nice to just have that revolving door, that revolving opportunity to just have a blanket invitation to something. Um, It was really helpful for meeting new people. Yeah, I love all of those. That's so good. For our final question on today's topic, what is your specific next step for making new friends? So last time at when we were talking about things to do in the next two weeks, one of my things was to figure out kind of what's next, what's something else I want to be growing in this year. And I think I've decided I'm going to sign up to do a training, a facilitator training for a course called Empowered to Connect, which is based on Karen Purvis's work, often for adoptive families who've adopted, but can be more broad for like people who are interested in intentional parenting. And so I'm going to take the facilitator training for this and then decide if I would be interested in hosting groups around this. Because I think something that I've, as I've done a lot of, put a lot of effort now into sort of how we're parenting, I want to find other similarly minded parents. And that can be like, that's a whole different layer in terms of being hard to do, I think. And so I think if I'm like, again, if I'm like, if I create the experience, if I market the experience, then people who are at least curious about this topic will be the ones that show up in my life. Or maybe nobody will show up, but we'll see. So that's my next idea for cultivating community around specific to like parenting. I love that. And are you feeling like you have enough space and capacity? I know the past like 
month or month and a half has just been a lot. I do. I think things have gotten a little bit better. And I also think like Nathan and the facilitator training, Nathan and I are going to do it together. And I think it will, it's like online for eight weeks and then a weekend. But I think like even if we did the facilitator training and then we decided we didn't want to actually do the groups, like I think it would actually be good content for us still in our journey as parents. And it would be good. It's good for us, I think, to do things like classes together so that our parenting philosophy is more aligned. And so I don't feel like there's much to lose in terms of taking doing the facilitator training and then deciding when, if we ever use that. Makes total sense. That's kind of how I felt about the GRE, which was like, it's going to be such a good experience to model for my boys, like how to study for something and how to like set goals for yourself. And I will have fun studying for it and and conquering the challenge of it. And yet I might not want to go to grad school. I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Says nobody ever about the GRE, I feel like. I love that. Hashtag nerd. (laughs) okay what about you Sarah what's your specific next step for making new friends I'm gonna try to enroll the boys in schools and I have no Mm. idea if this is even possible because it just sort of serendipitously worked out in Hawaii that there was both a school that was aligned with Henry's unique needs and a school that would let someone come in temporarily. Yeah, like that's, that's like awesome. two big things that have to be overlapping. And I don't know that we're going to be able to find something similar. But if we can, it's such a great way to have that built-in community. So we're going to try to do that in Australia and then two separate cities in New Zealand. So fingers crossed that that will work. And then I'm also going to try to join more Facebook groups for homeschooling. It's been harder to find those groups in Australia and New Zealand. Interestingly, I don't know if they just have less of a smaller homeschool movement or what the situation is or if they're just not on Facebook. So that has been harder. And then I'm also like to your point about like trying potentially trying to facilitate experiences that bring community into your life. I've been thinking about potentially, and this is like so out there because I really would not know what I'm doing, but I've been thinking about like trying to find rental space in like inexpensive rental space in New Zealand and like offering like some kind of, I don't even know what the experience would be. It's probably going to be some kind of crafting experience or, and I don't have no idea if this would be interesting because I don't know the New Zealand culture at all or what our uh, opportunities already exist. But if I can like get out there and create things that then attract like-minded people, that might help accelerate our, our connection points. And I did meet a woman. I posted in a Facebook group and they actually took my post down. So that was embarrassing because apparently I did not I have I violated the community guidelines. I don't know how or why. I posted asking about whether there were any micro schools in New Zealand. And this woman, while my post was still up, she responded that she had moved her family to New Zealand, like specifically to go to this particular Waldorf school. She had moved from California. And so we ended up 
corresponding via private messaging. And so I, I think it'd be helpful to talk specifically to an American to try to help me bridge the different cultures and to understand like what might be. Since I'm feeling insecure, since I clearly can't even craft a Facebook post that is in alignment with how they view the world, I'm feeling a little insecure, but that might be one idea as well. Yeah, I think that's a great one. And as you were talking, I was wondering if, I don't know what the public libraries are like in New Zealand, but I was like, I wonder if you could do like a little library series or something and you wouldn't have to figure out rental space. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like like public libraries are another place where I feel like we have met people similar to like playgrounds or the beach, I guess, of like met people and then sometimes like, I guess, and I do think I rely on like seeing them multiple times before I would ask for a number. So I feel inspired by this conversation to maybe consider being more audacious. But I'm getting so inspired by this idea of like, well, because I'm, re- I'm reading a book called Kindred Life or something. It's about a woman who moved to Tennessee and she and her husband started a farm and they use their farm to host a lot of community events and like basically mm. to create community. And so I'm really inspired by this notion of like how to run things out of your home, like so that you're bringing more people like to you uh, as a way to like connect and cultivate like strong community. So if we do end up moving, like I'm trying to sort of factor in like how do we get a home that has like a workshop space or like because I would just love to like have a separate workshop that can have fold these folding tables and then the boys could run these craft classes and help run the classes and we can host the movie nights and I don't I don't know it's just it's something to dream and scheme about I love that so much and I feel like it would be less emotional labor if you were if you knew that you had a longer period of time to build the friendships and maintain them yeah yeah Well, that's everything for the topic today. Listeners, we would love to hear your advice about how to make and maintain friendships. So please send us an email or leave us a comment on our Instagram page. Now we're going to focus on our tips and tricks. Catherine, what do you want to share? As the weather's getting colder, I'm thinking a lot about warm things to eat. And one of the things that we love in our family is we make plain oatmeal and then we put a really great, wonderful jam in it. And this might be something that everyone already does, but we do that and then we put like some whole milk on it. Um, and so I just bought, went to the farmer's, the farmer's market's going to be ending soon. I bought like a bunch of all fruit jams so that mm. we can have jam in our oatmeal all winter. And we just really love that over buying like flavored oatmeals. I love that. It sounds really tasty. What about you, Sarah? I'm going to link a recipe for making homemade granola bars. Henry really likes the kind of chewy granola bars, and I just hate like all the ingredients and preservatives that end up being in any kind of like processed food. And so I found a really easy recipe with really whole ingredients, and uh, we've been having fun making it. So I'll share that. Awesome. Now we're going to close out our episode with Facing Forward. Catherine, how'd you do on your intentions from the past two weeks? And what new intentions do you want to set for yourself? So I wanted to get Girl Scouts started, which I did. And I wanted to grapple with this question of what's next, which I know the facilitator training is going to be part of that. 
I'm not sure what else might be there yet, but I feel like that piece gives me something to look forward to. And then in the next two weeks, I want to really get some concrete plans around our India trip that's happening in December. I want to book some Airbnbs. And then we also just have like Desera is this week. And then we have friends coming over for a fall themed meal on Saturday and we're writing. I said, we just have a lot of um, sort of social commitments on the calendar the next couple of weeks that I'm really excited about being present for. So I want to make sure there's space for that. That sounds so fun. And I love that you're celebrating your your holidays and your rituals. That was something that you were working on last year, getting that plan in place because you have so many. Yes. What about you, Sarah? How did you do on your intentions from the past two weeks and what do you want to make true for yourself in the next two weeks? I had been wanting to study for the GRE, which I have been doing. I also wanted to do a 21-day cleanse. I did. I made it through 17 of the 21 days, and I am calling that a huge success. And then the thing that I wanted to do was while I was doing the cleanse, I wanted to be making a plan for what does it look like, what do my meals look like coming out of the cleanse so that I'm not just binging, but I'm instead I'm continuing to eat in as many clean ways as possible. So I planned out like several like different breakfasts, different lunches, different dinners that are clean meals. And then I signed up for a trial of Noom again, which I've used in the past. And like part of that program is logging your meals. So I went ahead and like pre-programmed those meals in to kind of see how they fit within my calorie allotment for a day. So I'm both like eating clean and healthy and like sticking to my calorie recommendations from Noom. So that was a huge success. I feel really excited about that. It's probably also part of why I was feeling stressed because I was trying to fit that in. And then the next two weeks, I really want to soak up the best of what Hilo has to offer. We are only here for two more weeks and then we're going to Malaysia. I want to stay ahead with our travel planning and make sure we have a set of activities in each place that we're looking forward to. And then Matt and I have to do a major budget reconciliation because I was tracking every single expenditure by hand for the first two months of our trip. And then I got tired of it. And so I did no tracking in the last two months, just thinking that we were staying in budget just because we were settled in one place but I don't think that's true so we need to figure out how much we've overspent by and then see what that means for the rest of the budget for the rest of the year all right and I'm going to take the GRE I forgot I'm taking it in one week wow you have a lot going on the next couple of weeks (laughs) gonna be in will you be in Malaysia next time we talk yes yeah wow Well, that's all for this episode of So Connected. We'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find the show notes at SoConnectedPodcast.com or you can find me, Sarah, on my blog at FeedingTheSoil.com. You can also find us on Instagram at SoConnectedPodcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so grateful for your review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. See you in two weeks. Wishing you joy, purpose, and community between now and then.